Welcome to On Texas Football, Inside Texas's post-game show. Uh, I'm joined by uh, none other than Rod Babers of 104.9 The Horn, former Longhorn, former NFL player as well. Uh, Rod, how do you describe this one? <laughs> Let's just start with that. Listen, Woo! hey, listen, I, I played in a lot of football games, and sometimes you got to find a way to win ugly, and that was an ugly win. We call it a coyote ugly win, right? A coyote ugly win. You really don't want to brag about it. You don't want to talk about it. You want to flush it and move on. You're just happy. You thank the football gods you found a way to win. We know the downside of this is the Big 12 is probably the most competitive conference in the country. That product we just watched, that'll lose to Oklahoma State. That'll lose to TCU. I mean, you'll be, you may be in a shootout with Kansas if they got Jalen Daniels back with that, with that performance. Like that's that that wasn't good enough, and that wasn't playing to a standard. You didn't get better, but you won. You didn't get better week to week, but you did win. That, in the end, is what I think counts the most before we start ripping apart this performance by the low guards. <laughs> no, I think it's fair, right? I mean, this is the this is the whole thing, Rod. I mean, um, you got to find a way to win. Horns win 24-21 to 21 over Iowa State, snap a three-game losing streak to the Cyclones. Uh, Texas, I thought... Uh, looked bad uh, yep. for most of the first half and for most of the third quarter on offense. It was not Quinn Ewer's day, uh, but at the same time, putting up 24 points on the Cyclones, moving on. Um, and uh, we could talk about the the look. Uh, Texas offense did not play all that good today. Texas defense did not play all that good. Blew some big big assignments. I, I don't know. They went. They didn't go zero coverage on that one touchdown pass. By the way, uh, the safety just get bit on the run. Yeah. Uh, the other long pass that was dropped by Xavier Hutchinson. I, I don't know what guys. The the coverage bus was so. And this might be the first game we've seen with coverage bus. Like you straight up bus. Guys get beat all the time. But this is about busted coverage where guys are running wide open. I went back and watched it. The, the coverage is so bad. I'm still trying to decipher and determine what the coverage was and who was who had what responsibility because Xavier Hutchinson, if I'm not mistaken, is on the outside. He's the number one receiver as we refer to, counting from the outside and from the sideline. He's number one, and he just basically runs a nine route. I'm assuming right past the corner, corner on that side, if I'm not mistaken, could be, was Deshaun Jameson. So I don't know what happened, guys. I, like I said, I got to go back and look at it and go decipher it more. But um, obviously, that was a huge coverage bust. And we saw more than one in this game versus Iowa State. Guys, listen, Bobby, we talked about this, the Iowa State offense, right? This may be in Hunter Decker's. I haven't looked at Hunter Decker's, his, you know, uh, resume just yet. But I'm assuming this was his best game as a passer. He, he, he was on time and on rhythm. I think that Texas just doesn't play very tight coverage and uh, they, they give away too many easy third down throws again that, that don't disrupt the passer. Uh, you pro football focus, who, whoever can say that Texas has the most pressures in the, in college football or in the big 12, they don't. If, if what they're considering <laughs> right now, pressure, Texas did not get pressure much at all on Hunter Deckers all day. Got one sack uh, really did not disrupt his throwing lanes. Uh, vacated uh, the uh, running lane on a third down touchdown run. Um, you know, it, it happens. Uh, but uh, uh, all in all, uh, I want to go back to one thing that I thought was very uh, evident. Uh, Texas defense came up big when they had to today. 
Texas was down seven and nothing, and Iowa State was going in to score. And what happens? Jalen Ford comes up with a pick. Yep. Uh, Iowa State driving to take the lead or at least tie late in the game. Uh, and what happens? Anthony Cook forces a fumble. Um, and, you know, Robert Griffin or whoever was on Mark Jones, the announcers can say all they want that that was a targeting call. That wasn't targeting. He went with his shoulder and his forearm. His forearm hit the ball first. It wasn't targeting, and it was the ball was out uh, on replay. So, uh, you know, we've we've bemoaned the fact that this defense has not made the plays when the chips were down. Granted, they could have gotten taken advantage of on that big deep ball that Xavier Hudson dropped, but they did come up with a turnover as Iowa State was entering uh, field goal range today, and I, I think that was a big big play for the Longhorns to move to five and two on the year. Uh, I want to uh, ask uh, Matt, our uh, um, producer, to come put up the, the stats, the game-ending stats, so everybody can see those real quick uh, and, and look at this. This is what you're talking about with Hunter Decker's rod. Uh, wow. 50, uh, 25 of 36 for 329. Ryan Watts going at out uh, with apparent shoulder injury really threw the Texas defense into disarray. Uh, what did you think about that? Uh, I thought it was huge. I mean, they went through, uh, I think Austin Jordan at one point uh, was the corner out there. They threw Terrence Brooks out there, right, if I'm not mistaken, saw him out there a little bit. And then I believe they ultimately switched to Dave Barron out to the outside corner. going through. And So give give the coaching staff a ton of credit for, for flipping through solutions and saying, you know what, no, no, we're not just going to go with uh, this is – this is the, the worst case scenario, and this is the, the, the last possible adjustment we have. They probably went through three or four different adjustments before they decided on Jade Barron. And Jade Barron, even though, you know, I, I think that that was a big, that fourth down, actually. Uh, Jade Barron's on Xavier Hutchinson. My biggest surprise is what, and I, I talked about this even before the game, I thought you would double, it, double and shade Xavier Hutchinson the whole game. I thought that was a... I, I thought that was just ingrained into the game plan. I thought that was going to be part of it. It was not a part of it. They they assumed that their DBs could line up against Xavier Hutchinson and they could win one on ones. They were wrong. They were they were wrong. They were dead wrong. <laughs> yeah. And I think ultimately that hurt Texas. Uh, that assumption and even late in the game after Xavier Hutchinson has proven time and time again on money downs that he is the money guy. They didn't double him. I'm like, I would take him a guy, him away and let everybody else try to beat me. And they had other guys making plays, but he was the main guy, and they never really tried to take him away. And they didn't, they didn't really scheme him open, Bobby. It was just it was just bunch formations. We're talking about bunch formations and you know different alignments by the wide receivers, but it wasn't anything str- crazy or strange or obtuse. They just lined him up and he beat Texas DBs. You look at the Hunter Decker's numbers, the quarterback for Iowa State on the season. It is indeed his best uh, game of the season uh, against a quality opponent. Uh, did have a good game against uh, Ohio, it looks like there. But 329 yards, uh, 69% completion uh, percentage. He did throw the one pick and did have one fumble. Uh, obviously, those uh, really uh, hurt the, the Cyclones. Um, let's talk about the positives for the Longhorns, uh, if you don't mind. That fourth quarter drive for Texas. Matt, bring up the drive chart uh, for Texas uh, on the fourth quarter score that ended with a Xavier Worthy three-yard touchdown pass from Quinn Ewers. 
Um, 75 yard drive, uh, Rod uh, converts on fourth down, uh, but 72 of the 75, all but the final three on the ground between Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson. The Longhorns rode those two uh, in the fourth quarter. Yep. Shout out to, remember Jerry said, Jerry Hamilton, who will join us a little bit later on, said last week, right? He said that Rojo might be a better fit in this game versus Iowa State because of the power running game is something you, if you want to, if you do want to have that element, he'd work better as a power back. And I, I think it was proven today that that was the case too, later on when you're trying to close out the game. But, you know, my, 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 my motto of 2022 was, you know, put some Bijan on it, right? No matter what's happening, no matter how bad things are, O-line's bad today. Our wide receivers aren't having a good day. They can't get open. Hey, what about Quinn Ewers? Hey, last week he looked like a guy that was going to end up being, you know, a first-round pick. And today he struggled, all right? Had to find his groove late, had to find his rhythm late. He was off early on, didn't have his best stuff. Um, and I think Sark recognized that and went, all right, you know what? Let's put some Bijan on it. Let's just throw it. Let's just give it to Bijan, and good things will happen if you just keep giving it to Bijan as much as possible. Even when they went empty formation and put Bijan in the slot, that was probably my favorite play that that Sark had the entire game. He went empty. For, he found a creative way to get get it to Bijan to force feed the football to his best player, and I think that's the kind of to me. I think that's why they won the game. It's kind of reminded me of the TCU game, Bobby, last year. Where it was like, no, 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 just give it to Bijan. Just give it to B. Let Bijan, let's ride Bijan all the way to this dub. And that's exactly what they did. They did Rojo. They added Rojo to the end as well. Yeah. And, you know, you, you look at it. Texas had two fourth or two second half uh, drives, only four for the entire second half, not including the, the last one where they ran out the clock uh, after a series of runs. Roshan Johnson getting the final two yards uh, helped along by Jordan Whittington. Uh, for that first down. Uh, but you look at this drive chart right here, Rod. Uh, Texas comes out in the, the third quarter, and I thought it was a fantastic drive, but they couldn't punch it in. That would have given them a two-touchdown lead over uh, the Cyclones. Instead, Iowa State uh, takes that, comes back and scores almost immediately or, or very quickly, uh, and then scores again to go up. But uh, finally, uh, Texas uh, puts it, uh, gets the, the touchdown to Xavier Worthy. What did you think of that play call? Fourth and three on the goal. Uh, you rode, rode Bijan and Roshan all the way down, and then you put it on the, your quarterback's right arm and Xavier Worthy's. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, I, took, I thought it took a, a little some scones, right? To stick with <laughs> the fortitude on Sark. But I remember Greg Davis is a big uh, advocate of this. And I, I'm sure there's some other coaches, because Tom Herman used to like this too. When you're in, in big moments, Think players, not plays. Right? Big moments. Think players, not plays. Go to your best players. And maybe it's a great play to get it to your best player. But think about your best players. To hell with the play. And I think that's where Sark went in that moment. He's like, you know what? Um, yeah, they, they they got a good rush defense. And in this moment, they might be ready for the run. Because they, you know, all day long, they've won their share. We won our share in the running game. But you know one thing that they cannot defend and they, they couldn't defend it really all day long was Texas in the passing game if Quinn Ewers was on and had his stuff today Texas had a chance to actually blow this game wide open they didn't because he didn't um, but I think in that moment give Sark credit he had confidence that I know Xavier Worthy can get open on these guys I just got to have faith in my man Quinn can make this 
this pretty simple throw, and he made the throw. It was a perfect throw, even though he had struggled early. And I like that. I'm not like I said. I I know that Quinn Ewers is gonna. He's 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 not walking on water, guys. So he's gonna have his struggles. He's human. He's young, and this is a really good defense. And they run one of the more complicated, sophisticated defensive schemes in all of college football, a scheme that even guys in the NFL have come down to study and it's trickled up and trickled around. And John Heacock is one of the best uh, kind of the chess players. And I talk about the chess match within the game, making those adjustments within all of college football. So this was a great test for Sark, but also a great test for Quinn Ewers. And Quinn Ewers struggled early on. And so so did Sark. Sark's scheme and struggled. Once again, versus the three, high three down. So this is a theme now, Bobby. We know this, right? This is a theme. And he's going to deal with this once again when he plays Oklahoma State because they're going to run some of the same concepts. And until you conquer and overcome that scheme, you're going to see it over and over again because that's called football. <laughs> yeah, I, I tell you what. I tell you what's interesting about that. It seems like he may have solved the run game issues against that. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. They did not move the ball on the ground at all in the first half. It felt very haphazard, uh, but they really started getting some run game going in the third quarter on that long drive. And then the fourth quarter, that drive, like I said, was 72 out of 75 yards yep. uh, was all uh, on the ground, except for that final play. Um, they did have, I, I say that and I, I, I'm going to say I'm wrong about that. It wasn't all on the ground because they made a nice third down conversion to Bijan Robinson on a screen pass. Um, oh yeah, that, that thirty-three yeah, great play call, a little slip screen, and yeah. uh, I thought it was a great play call, timely. Uh, yeah. But it was all Bijan and Roshan until that last three yards, uh, Xavier. Whether you look at the final numbers here, uh, not a great passing day for Quinn Ewers. Um, the one that I think is pretty big though is zero interceptions. Um, I tell you <laughs> what, Texas did not need a turnover in that game because if it would have happened, it would have not been pretty. Uh, Texas. Uh, Surviving uh, really against Iowa State, a home game 24 21. The uh, Longhorns beating Iowa State. Texas moves to five and two on the season. Uh, The Longhorns now head to Oklahoma State next weekend. Uh, Oklahoma State uh, getting ready to kick off or has already kicked off. I don't have my TV on here. TCU, baby. Against TCU. Uh, So we'll see how that goes. Um, Any other overall uh, thoughts or, or feelings on this one, Rod? Uh, no, I, 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 my biggest takeaway is you found a way to win the game. This is a game Texas loses last year. I think a lot of uh, fans would agree with that. It's an ugly win. Man, I cannot tell you how many ugly wins I had when I played, <laughs> but they are ugly wins. And it's, it's, it's all right because you realize it's a struggle week to week. That you play the team in their most desperate, probably the most desperate mode they will be in all season long. They were hanging on. I, I know they're going to be even more desperate next week, but this was the week they thought they may have had a chance to still stay in a discussion of a very competitive conference in the Big 12. And you found a way to win. This is the, this is the to me, life in the Big 12. This is the life of a Big 12 team. I think anybody can beat anybody week to week. And if you're in Texas, this may be what you have to do, find just different ways to win and make plays. Because based on what I saw, if this is kind of the product we're going to get, because this is an inconsistent product, what we saw versus Tech, what we saw versus Iowa State, they won one, they lost another, and what we saw versus West Virginia and Oklahoma and Alabama all seem to be very different. There's no consistency. There's no baseline right now with Texas football, and that's fine because you're still trying to figure out who you are. You're halfway through the season, so that's okay. 
But my point is that also means next week you could get this product versus an Oklahoma State team that's playing really good football, maybe coming on, maybe still undefeated, and that's going to be a loss, right? And that's on the road. That that's just we all. I think everybody listening agrees with that. Um, so that's the big. That's life in the Big Twelve. But if you're not getting better week to week, you got you're probably going to lose that week. You got a really good shot to lose that week. Yeah, I, I tell you what, uh, Longhorns hang on 24-21. I, I believe you're right, Rod. Uh, the the, the uh, reality of it is, is that it's just a tough conference right now, and you're in Texas as a young team. Let's keep in mind, this much of the same Longhorn team went up to Ames, Iowa last year and lost 30-7. to Agreed. Yep. You know, uh, they, they uh, were flummoxed by this um, uh, Cyclone defense. A year ago, they were flummoxed by it for a lot of times today. I thought what they cleaned up in the second half and really from the second quarter going forward, not as many negative plays, especially running the ball. Running game, yep. In the yeah, Texas had a number of uh, running plays that were negative yardage plays and put them yep. behind the sticks, which is exactly what you couldn't have. Uh, Matt, bring up the rushing stats for uh, Bijan uh, and Roshan and those guys. Uh, talk a little bit about the Texas ground game. Going for 191 yards uh, today, uh, Rod. What did you know? Better than you thought, I assume, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. But I, like you said, you can tell. I, I would love to see the the breakdown from first half to second half because, as you talked about, they rode Bijan and Rojo in that second half. Once he established that Quinn, he was he couldn't necessarily build in the offense in, around Quinn, the game plan around Quinn, make the adjustments around Quinn's arm. He decided, you know what, we're going to make sure we're going to feature the running game. And like you talked about, he found solutions within the running game in the second half. And that became pretty much the life force of the offense. And then after that, uh, you can build with the play action and the RPO game, which they did. And then you found some of those what he calls those uh, advantageous throws for his quarterback with Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers didn't have it. And to me, that was the best adjustment by Sark in the game was that he realized, now nah, Quinn doesn't really have it. He can make some of these throws, but I can't necessarily depend on Quinn at this point to be the identity of the offense at times. I got to lean on Bijan. I got to lean on Rojo. And then we'll supplement Quinn into the offense. And that's what he did. And I think, every, honestly, Bobby, week to week, that's going to change in the Big 12. I really do believe that in the Big 12, that could change week to week. Well, but also, but this might be the best rush defense you face in the Big 12 that's remaining, truth be told. Yeah, no doubt. Um, let me uh, see real quick. quick. I, you know, I think, Rod, the, the thing that I'm thinking uh, as we, we talk about Texas' 24-21 win over uh, Iowa State, Texas went up by double digits again in the second half and fell behind by four. This time – they came back and went ahead. Um, not saying that that there's you know some kind of epiphany here, mm-hmm. but I think we've seen seven games like that in the last two years where they're That's ahead, it. or six games in the last two years where they're ahead by double digits yep. in the second half and then lose the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time, uh, they had the wherewithal to go back down and score and put the onus on the opposing offense. Yep. Uh, and so... Uh, keep that in mind, too. Uh, Texas, uh, not only did Xavier Hutchison have that big drop as well, Casey Kane uh, for the Longhorns had a big drop. 
Texas and Iowa State both missed field goals in this game. Not a clean game uh, by either offense or by either special teams. Daniel Trejo, the, the punter for Texas, had a relatively poor game. I think he averaged in the mid-30s on his punts today. Not sure what they were trying to do there, um, putting him into the uh, uh, game and trying to do a, a rugby punt uh, style. But I think because of the uh, swirling wind, uh, that may have had some uh, level of issues to it. Uh, Auburn missed a 39-yarder, but it hit a, a 31-yarder um, in Trejo there uh, for 35.7. Uh, Rod, uh, you know, Texas made the, the – one of the things I could tell it was going to be one of those games, the very first series for Iowa State, Texas forces a three and out, blocks a punt, then goes three and out themselves and misses a field goal. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't it wasn't an ideal start. Essentially, and I've talked about this before with Iowa State, they're not a bad team. They're an ugly team. I right? and they are they force you to play ugly. They do a really good job of almost forcing you to beat them at their own game. And I'll give Texas credit for that. Texas had to play ugly. They ended up playing a lot, an ugly game. And a lot of that was their own mistakes, penalties that took away, like you said, the uh, the punt block early on with that. Um, the uh, drop, oh, the drop Casey Kane. I mean, that was a huge play uh, by him. And, and the young man was wide open to make a play early on. And Quinn Ewers had missed a wide open throw. You had so many of those plays, chances for Texas to pull away. And they ended up playing an ugly game, but let's, they won the game. They want it. This is so that to me, that's the step forward. That's the maturity. The maturity is this is a game where Texas found a way for someone to make a play, even though that if you look at the totality of everything, there's probably more we can criticize than compliment. But they found we're doing it in the presence of a win. We're doing it with a win as opposed to a loss. That's right, the goal. I, I agree. I'm going to add Jerry Hamilton in here. Uh, Jerry, uh, uh, joining us. Uh, Jerry, what did you think of the game? Initial thoughts on the game uh, and uh, <laughs> your, your feeling. I know it, they're, they're lucky to get out of there by the skin of their teeth. Look, I mean, a win's a win right at this point. Um, I think they lose this game last year. Obviously, when you lose to Kansas at home, you probably lose this game last year. So the baby steps continue. Um, you know, now, we, now we're going to find out, man. I mean, that, that's to me is the whole deal is, you know, Quinn played up and down today for me. When he made a throw, there was a big drop, right? Uh, I think the wind was absolutely a factor talking to people at the game, right, uh, on the deep balls uh, towards the south end zone was definitely a factor in the game. Um, I wish I, I – you know, Bobby, we said last week, I think on the show, but I like to see Texas just come out and run the ball downhill from the beginning of this game. I, I You know – it just run it with attitude. I think I think the guys are getting there. Um, I thought the run game was a little cute early, um, but then got going downhill and let Bijan work it with the feet and then let Roshan come in and, and tell people you're going to the ground and I'm going to put my helmet on you and run right through you. Um, so I think when they started doing a little more downhill run game, I think you saw things change offensively for Texas. And look, Quinn was up and down. Uh, defensively, I mean, I, I'd love to know what Rod thought uh, defensively. I mean, it's just, you know, it's it's just a little soft for me, man, honestly. Yeah. I I, I want to see more attacking. I mean, because if you don't attack the rest of the way out defensively, you're going to have to win 50-45. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they want to play tight coverage, but as Bobby pointed out, it's not tight enough. And when they try to play bump and run, there's, there's no – 
without without Ryan Watts, there's no bump at the, the line of scrimmage. They're not really rerouting, not physical enough at the line of scrimmage. So I think ultimately that is what's hurting the DBs. They attacked those corners today, guys. They, they came after them. And without Ryan Watts, it does seem like the entire passing, the pass defense and their philosophy has to shift. They lose that physicality element to almost take one guy away because he's rerouting him at the line of scrimmage and nobody else can do it well enough. I thought it was interesting. And, and Jerry, I want to go back to you. Uh, they, and Rod mentioned this earlier. When Watts went down, they went with Austin Jordan, who got beat for the touchdown. They went with Terrence Brooks for a little while. And then they circled back. And at the end of the game, they went with Jade Barron yep. uh, at corner. They actually moved him back outside. Where was Jameer Johnson in this question? I wonder if he's injured or, or what have you. Also, I saw a lot more of Keaton Crawford today instead of Anthony Cook uh, at safety. Uh, Michael Taffy played some early, but didn't get much time late. Um, you know, the, the the it looked like they were grasping at straws late in the game. Uh, and Rod kind of mentioned this uh, because they just didn't know who their best group was out there when Ryan Watts went off the field. Yeah, I think I, I 100% agree. Um, you know, and look, you know, when that stuff kind of the indecision and kind of, like you said, grasping at straws, when that when that becomes a reality that people notice is when you can't get pressure with your front, right? Then you start noticing all those things because you're not talking about pass rush behind the chains, uh, downs. I mean, we're, t we're focused on that, and that's generally the case when there's no pressure. Um, and again, that continues to be the struggle for the Texas defense. And look, that's not the best offensive line they're going to go up against the rest of the year. I can tell you that. Uh, it's probably not even in the top five offensive lines they're going up against. Uh, starting running back was out for Iowa State today. Um, I think my concern in a win's a win, right? You're five and two. Things are you're taking baby steps. My concern again is, you know, the rest of the way, you're talking about Spencer Sanders, Adrian Martinez, Dugan, guys who can run the ball at the quarterback position, who are going to have better players around them, save Xavier Hutchinson, than what Texas saw today. And how are they going to be defensively on the road in those games? Then TCU comes calling after that. You're playing three athletic quarterbacks in a row that have better skill guys around them and better offensive lines. Now, they're not as good on defense, but I, what we're looking at now is a bunch of 45-40, 50-45 games coming Texas way, um, and you're going to have to find a way to make those plays late and win them. Yeah, and, and the offense has got to step up. I, I do agree with your uh, initial comment about the uh, run game getting cute early. Um, that That is, uh, interestingly, uh, Sark had issues with it last year at Ohio or at Iowa State, had problems with it at Arkansas, uh, you know, uh, but I felt like they finally got that running game on track, and maybe that's something they can take into Stillwater uh, yeah. this coming weekend with a, a different style or a similar style. Uh, well, Bobby, you said before. You said before. Uh, Oklahoma State probably has the best edge players in the Big Twelve, right? They do. Yeah. So you're going to have to attack them with a downhill run game. Yep. That's how you attack those guys. You attack them downhill with the run game. But as I can tell you, this now, I don't know Hayden Connor's injury. Um, I think that's something to be to talk about. I don't know the severity of anything with him, but you know, Kelvin Banks, Texas is getting to where they will. They can line up and run the ball downhill, and they have the backs to do it. I think you come out of the gates doing it in Stillwater. Did anybody notice if Hayden Connor came back in the game on the run out the clock drive? I did not. I did, did not. It, did any uh, 
<laughs> Did anybody see that or not? Um, okay, well, if anybody saw that in the game, please let us know on this. And then Jerry, he wants to purchase Vosick stock. Jerry broke the news this morning that Colton Vosick, defensive end athlete out of uh, Austin Westlake, currently committed to Oklahoma, would be at the game in Austin uh, today, uh, yeah. along with Arch Manning and others. Nice. Uh, you know, Jerry, where is that uh, recruiting situation at right now? Yeah, I think it's still, you know, in, in the balance. Look, I mean, here's the here's the positive news if you're a Texas fan. He didn't have to show up today, and he did. Look, I mean, after his June official visit, when and then he committed to Oklahoma first day of August, I believe it was August 1st, um, I didn't think he would show up at a Texas game this year. Then he shows up at the Alabama game. That's one thing. All of us would have been at the Alabama game, right? If there's a kid that got a ticket that would have gone to that game that lives within three hours, he was going. Today's a different story, right? I mean, he was at the Cotton Bowl. Vosick was at the Cotton Bowl, saw the Red River beat down last week, sat on the OU side with all his OU gear. Um, early in the week, Austin Westlake, I was told that they'd have Saturday activities. Well, they won a big game over Dripping Springs. Coach Salazar gave the team the day off this morning, gave them the morning off. Uh, so I checked in with a source early this morning and said, yeah, we got the day off and uh, he'll be at the game. And so that my antenna went up on that one. Uh, yes, obviously Arch Manning is in town, um, but it shows you that the communication continues and it shows you that the interest is continuing to ascend and go in the correct uh, direction. So I think that's where we're at with things. Um, look, and I, I'll, t I'll say this. Oregon chipping away at the kid, too, helps Texas. Tosh Lupoy is a really good recruiter. And he's not really targeting Texas right now. He's targeting Oklahoma. And that can only help Texas. And so for the Texas fans that don't like it on Inside Texas, when I mentioned Tosh Lupoy in Oregon, I think that's actually helping Texas right now. Uh, there you go. Uh, not only uh, Colton Vosick there in the camo hat, uh, Arch Manning in the uh, blue polo uh, as well. Um, by, by, by the way, Arch Manning saw his first win by Texas in Austin today. He was 0 for 2 before this. I believe it was Oklahoma State and Kansas. So, geez, good for him. Well, <laughs> good, 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 good for him is right. Man. You know, amazing. I, I'm interested here, guys. We're talking about the 24 uh, 21 win, uh, Texas over Iowa State. Uh, you know, things drop Texas's way a little bit here. Um, there's. No two ways about it. The Xavier Hutchinson drop late. Uh, the fumble uh, that Anthony Cook caused was huge. Um, but, you know, it was by the it was just by the narrowest of margins that his knee went down. Right. Yeah. Um, everything about that was just really uh, living on the razor's edge, so to speak. Um, or is it Texas is just making more plays now? Is it a combination of things? Uh, Rod, you've been on that. You said that you've been in teams that won ugly before. Yeah. But as long as you win, you're okay. Um, what is that a, a a factor of? How does that occur for a team? Remember, we talked about finding, like, it, it, learning how to win. It, it, people always talk about, man, you got to learn how to win. Uh, learn how to win these close games. And to me, that's almost an attitude on the sideline that when you get in these dog fights, that there is an expectation of guys on the field. And I remember this feeling. I'm going to make the play. It's me. I'm about to go out here in this close game. I'm going to make the play. I, I wish they would throw the ball at Rod B in the fourth quarter with the game within one score 
You know what I mean? On third down. I wish I wish they would. You know what I mean? Like it's and it's this attitude that you want the you want the play to come to you because you expect to make the play. Anthony Cook from DV High, shout out Houston Lamar. <laughs> all right, ends up being that guy. And I remember I remember those dog fights, Oklahoma State my senior year, you know, where you got to find a way to win. And I think there are more guys on that sideline now that expect to make the play. They 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 not only want the ball to come their way, but they expect to also make the play in that moment. Last year, I don't know if there are any guys that expected to be able to make a big play in a big moment. That's what I that's what I think learning how to win is. I think it's the different attitude, the confidence in those big moments to be able to execute in those big moments at a high level. And Texas did that offensively, um, but defensively, they just found a way to make a play. I, I want to chime in on that because I, I, I noticed something else again today, and I'm going to continue to harp on this because I've only got seven games left to do it. Roshan Johnson's the best leader I've ever seen that's not a starting football player hmm. and is not a star football player. When, if, when you rewatch the game, watch late in the game, when the team was rallied around, it was Roshan rallying the team. It wasn't Sark, the quarterbacks. It was the backup running back at the University of Texas. The guy's literally as good a leader as the football program's ever had, and I'm willing to say it because – Rod can Rod. I'm sure Rod can can back me up on this. Have you ever seen a backup running back that's the leader of a locker room and a team? I never have. No, no. It's amazing. No, I've never. Well, I tell you what. When he takes a handoff, you see the leadership. You do. That fourth quarter run where he trucked the DB. Yes. Near the goal line. Yeah. I thought he might end up scoring on that. I Maybe. was hoping that, that was the one time I was hoping they wouldn't take him out and just hand him the ball again. He would have punched it in. You're not going to keep him from the end zone at two yards. I know Bijan's the guy. Just keep Roshan in and hand him the damn ball and yeah. put it in the end zone, please. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, hey, let me ask you all this, um, and both of you, because I think it's it's fair. Um, Texas, uh, Quinn did not play his best game. No. Is, is this regression for him, or is this mix of uh, a, a unique defense? Or is it uh, the wind uh, by chance? Or is it a mix of all of those? Rod, you I take that. Uh, I'll, I'll go first. And I'll, okay. let Rod will give a much better answer than I will. I think it's actually a good thing when you win and this happened. I, I think this coming off 49 nothing. Quinn has already, you know, look, I'm guilty of it as anybody. First round pick, first pick in the draft. Everybody's talking about him in the Heisman next year. This is not a bad thing. He faced the best defense he's played this year. Not Alabama had the best talent, but I think Iowa State may be a better defense because of the complexity of it, yeah. uh, because Nick was just going to play man until he gave up 400 yards passing if Quinn didn't get hurt. So I think it's actually a good thing for him, and it's a good thing for the team. Um, this is one of those games, It's you know, it's like Kelvin Sampson at U of H in basketball. It's ugly. It's like Matt Campbell's going to make it ugly. He's going to make it physical. He's going to make it tough. The guy's a tremendous coach. But you won when you did not even play close to your best. You probably played a D-plus game. Quinn probably would say he played a D-plus game today, and the team probably played a D-plus game today. But you win, and now you've got great coaching points. So for the real answer, Rod. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I love that answer, and I'll just kind of piggyback on what uh, Jerry said there. I also think, you know, for this group, it was a good thing for him to face some adversity. You know, we have – 
we've already put them on a pedestal. We know we're all guilty of it. <laughs> we've already we've already done it. I think all of us are guilty, and that's that's cool because we've been drinking that Kool Aid. Um, and when it's spiked with a little Quinn, it, it goes down a, a little easier. But I'll say this: him facing adversity, and remember Sark saying and him saying, yeah, that he's a cool customer. That he never gets too high, never gets too low. Just kind of stays even keel. Never lets emotion get the best of him. I think we saw that today again. Like yeah. he, even when he was, I mean, it was obvious that he was off and he was he was not in the rhythm. It didn't have his stuff. He didn't get too down on himself. It didn't. He didn't start spiraling, right? It didn't. But he didn't. He didn't start sinking in quicksand. It would happen to some players. I remember it. I, trust me. It, I played with some guys like that, right? They started spiraling out of control at that point. It didn't happen to him. He gathered himself. They they put some Bijan on it, and then he was able to make some plays a little bit later on. Still didn't have his best stuff, but he was still able to make some plays to help his team win. So I like the fact that he faced adversity. He's 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 not he doesn't walk on water. All right. He's, he's a young quarterback. He's still learning. And I totally agree with Jerry. We got to give John Heacock a lot of credit, man. John Heacock is a hell of a defensive coordinator. He wants that pioneered that scheme. And by the way, Oklahoma State, when Jim Knowles was there, they were probably the best in the country at running some of that three high, three down concept. They're going to use a lot of that next week versus Quinn Ewers and versus Sark because they know for both Sark and Quinn Ewers, they've had trouble adjusting to that three high three down scheme and different coverages and pressure packages that you can run off of it. But I do, I like the way that he responded to the adversity, just like I like when UL versus ULM, when he throws the pick and everybody goes, this is not the way the Quinn, your story is supposed to start out the first chapter. This is not what I thought was going to happen. And then they gather themselves. They put some Bijan on and he comes out, makes some plays. That's football guys. Football's like life. Adversity is inevitable. It's coming. All right, how you handle it, how you respond to it, that's the story. And I like the way this team responded to it. And you know what? I think everybody everybody wanted to see Quinn Ewers go win the game for Texas after watching him versus Oklahoma. It's like, no, 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 you win the game by any means necessary. What's the best way? What's the best route to victory? It was Bijan and Rojo today. Next week, it may be Quinn. You may need him today. This week, it was Bijan and Rojo. You know what was interesting to me, and I, I disagreed vehemently with uh, Robert Griffin on his talk <laughs> about how that was uh, a uh, targeting call. Yeah. Uh, first of all, second of all, um, I, I agreed with him vehemently in the first half when he said they weren't respecting the the fake, the linebackers were, and so they were dropping deep into coverage. And Quinn's not a runner by nature. And so when those guys get get extra coverage up there, it makes it a tighter throw, a tighter window, wind swirling. I, you know, Iowa State has a good defense. I think everybody's right. Uh, I think that's all fair uh, and good. Uh, but let uh, Matt uh, talking to our producer. Uh, if you don't mind, Matt, can we put up uh, the uh, overall stats, uh, team stats side by side? Uh, I'm pretty sure Iowa State outgained Texas today um, overall. Uh, Hunter Decker uh, threw for 300 plus yards, had one pick and one fumble. Uh, those were big. Uh, but Texas, I think, went uh, for 160 or 170 yards on the ground. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was uh, 172 passing and about 190 rushing. So, uh, yeah, there you go. 172, 191. Wow. Um, but I, you know, you know, my takeaway here's here was my takeaway on the stay. It's five and two, right? On stand on the very positive is Texas, again, is proving that they can run the football on people. Um, and they're proving they can do it in different ways. And 
So it, it's been a long, it's been a while, I guess, Deontay Foreman, since you went, since I went into a game watching Texas football thinking they could run it on anybody they played. And yeah, Alabama slowed you down. That was going to happen, right? They have multiple first and second round picks, but that was also a first real action uh, competition for Kelvin Banks and Cole Hudson, right? Um, but this is a team offensive line that's starting to play better. They're starting to gel. I think uh, Carriage does some really good things for them, and they can go run the ball. And where I think that's important is the next two games. You got to be able to go on the road and run the football and score a lot of points against people while you do it. Um, and I think you're going to have bigger plays in the run game the rest of the way than against Iowa State. I thought they were so damn disciplined. I, it was incredible how disciplined yeah. they are in their run fits. They yeah. and they they made a couple of shoestring tackles. Otherwise, Bijan's gone too. Um, they they did a really good. Uh, I want to focus on a negative. By the way, uh, Rod, you take this. Look at the look at the third down conversions by Iowa State. Money downs nine Money of downs. fifteen and even one of one on fourth as well. Yeah, down by ten of sixteen basically on money downs for Iowa State. Same thing. They got them beat versus Texas Tech. If you want to be good against Texas. You got to be good on the money downs. You keep drives alive. You also keep that offense in Texas off the field, which is the best defense you can have in Texas. On the other side of that, you know, they weren't – they were okay. They, they weren't bad at all, um, but they weren't stellar. And I think for Iowa State, hell, I go look back. I don't know if Iowa State's been that good on money downs all year long. No, they haven't. <laughs> I mean, that, that's my that's, – that's our point. That's my point. Something's something's amiss there on third down defense. It conti- it continues yeah. uh, to be that way. Uh, so I, I feel like at the same time, you know, Texas gave them a first down twice on third downs with offsides. Um, so, you know, and that was in the first half, but it, it, it tells me and shows me exactly what's going on is it's, it's a combination of factors and some of it's lack of discipline um, some of it's lack of belief, I think, um, in finding your guy. And then Iowa State's quarterback made a couple of really nice throws. I mean, you, best game of the year for him. Yeah. A couple of really nice throws. Nobody was getting in his face, couldn't get hands up. Uh, nobody, nobody knocked him off his mark. He, he sat back there pretty much all game long. Um, you know, they, they kept the back end a lot to pass protect today. Uh, whereas they usually flare them out. So, uh, they respected Texas there. I'm not. I'm not so sure Texas shouldn't drop eight sometimes too. By the way, uh, instead of just running three, so all right, a four, a four down front. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Uh, All right, Uh, 24-21, Texas beats Iowa State. Uh, A lot of recruits in the stands today. Uh, Jerry uh, Hamilton earlier today broke the news that Colton Bosick was in town. Arch Manning also in town. Uh, Malik Muhammad, I think, was supposed to be there as well. Um, did Kamori Pimpton, that the the tight end out of uh, uh, North Crowley, make it in or not? He, he was he was supposed to be there. We haven't received confirmation. The only kid that I know did not make it due to transportation falling through was G. Kyle Baker, the receiver out of Brownsboro. He did okay. not make it in, uh, and that was kind of an issue early in the week. And then we reported he was going to make it in. 
but his uh, transportation fell through and he did not make it in. He, he just texted me, said he plans on being at the TCU game. Got it. Got it. Um, Rod, uh, your thought, I, I know what I thought on the, um, the call at the end with the uh, targeting non-call and the fumble. What did you think? I want to, I don't, I know what I thought. What did you think? Um, yeah, I thought, listen, you didn't tell if uh, there was any helmet to helmet or at, at, you know, at any point. So I don't even, I don't even know if it even came up for the officiate officiating crew. So I know RG3 brought that up. Uh, so maybe that was a talking point, but either way, I just thought it was a hell of a play by, uh, you know, Anthony Cook. I mean, considering the moment and he came in, I, I, and like I said, I thought he dislodged the football actually with a shoulder pad and not the helmet. He came in and like I said, I don't know if he adjusted or not, but he came in and actually dislodged it with his soldier pad, came in with a big hit. And I'll give, you know, uh, Jalen Ford some credit. I believe he comes in from the side, if you're not, and it makes the initial contact. And then Anthony Cook hits him almost simultaneously as Jalen Ford hits him, but he hits him right in the front. And you can tell it was that impact that dislodged the ball. And we talked about this a lot, right? Texas, you know, at one point last season, we talked about missed tackles and that being an issue, but a lot of teams missed tackles. The issue is the party at the football mentality, or as Sark says, to populate the football mentality. If we get multiple guys at the football, around the football, good things happen. The more guys we can get around the football, at the football, attacking the football, good things going to happen. The ball will, it bounces strange ways, but it'll bounce in our favor more often times than not. This is one of those occasions. You had so many Texas guys around the football, they dislodged the football and also ended up recovering the football too. So to me, that's just one of those plays you celebrate as a defense. Like that was that was us, man. Party at the football mentality is what won that game for Texas. No doubt. Two, by, Bobby, by the word. Two word, turnovers what? to none. Two turnovers to none. Jerry. Uh, Pimpton was there, just received uh, confirmation. that okay. The tight end, Camorian Pimpton from uh, – North Crowley uh, did make it down with his father for an official visit. We'll see if Texas offers him today. Uh, they're definitely looking for a mismatch tied in. Obviously, Deuce Robinson, the on-three consensus five-star, is supposed to reschedule his official visit for November. But Camorian Pimpton out of North Crowley, teammate of Samaje Burrell, Texas commitment was uh, and still is on campus. Uh, Jerry, I got to say something. Uh, last week, it was the shadow of uh, Brent Venables over your right shoulder. <laughs> Today, it's Matt Campbell yelling yep. curse words at apparently either a referee or a Texas player there at the end of the game before it just <laughs> a little bit ended. Did you see that? Yeah. I, look, man, it, it's been a tough stretch for him. I, I mean, oh. we had this discussion on Inside Texas this week. Four and, losses now by less than one score – by a score. Yeah, wow. that's those are tough. That's tough. That's like – you know, and that's kind of why I say he reminds me of Kelvin Sampson as a basketball coach at University of Houston, right? And um, obviously, if Kelvin made it the Final Four at OU, but it's just – it's a tough, rugged, really well-coached, disciplined style. And I think when people, when people see him in a press conference, they think he's some nice guy, but he's a fiery competitor, man. I mean, dude, he's from the state of Ohio. Uh, he grew up in the, in, in the blue-collar football area of the country. Uh, I think the guy's a tremendous coach. I do think he stayed too long. I think he should have jumped to a bigger job, mm-hmm. and because you can't recruit, you can't hit on recruiting at the same level forever. It cannot continue at Iowa State. You're not going to hit on all those guys like you did before. 
Uh, so I, as much as I like him, I think he stayed too long, but I love his fiery competitiveness. And I think he's a great guy to play against because you have to execute at a high level and you have to do it for four quarters and you have to do it with physicality. And what I love about him, Jerry, is he's loyal. Yeah. I mean, we can, we all recognize that now and, and probably to a detriment. I mean, a bit, a, yep. probably to a detriment that he's loyal. Uh, but I, I do, I'm a big fan of Matt Campbell and what he's done. I think he creates a really good football culture. We know one possession games, man, they flip, basically they end up regressing into being 50, 50 most of right. the time over a long period of time, but he's got to focus on skill positions, man. They need, they need better skill position guys. Cause when they were good, Charlie Kolar and Brees Hall and, and Xavier Hutchinson on the outside. Tariq Milton was still there. I mean, that's what – what's the identity? Maybe they had those three tight ends they threw out there, oh, 13 yeah. personnel and go spread on you. What's the identity of his offense now? I always thought they were recruiting a bunch of freakish tight ends who played basketball in high school who they were going to develop into tight ends at the next level and just keep throwing 13 personnel at you year after year. That's not really the case. So I don't really know what the identity of Matt Campbell's offense is. That's what he's got to figure out. The defensive identity is good. It's John Haycock's system, baby. That's easy. What's the offensive identity, though, of Matt Campbell's system? Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. Fair point. I uh, question a lot of a lot of questions about Casey Kane. I want I want to take this one. Um, people have bad drops. You know, it is what it is. You talking to Rodney, man? Who are you talking to, Bobby? I'm talking. There's a bunch of people that are fans. Rod, keep me to that one. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, the the reality of it is, is people are going to have bad drops. Xavier Hutchison had one himself. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. I feel bad for him. I was, yeah. a, even though it helped us, I felt bad for him because I, I've been on that other side. I felt bad for him. Yeah, that that's what I'm saying. So, yeah. so just keep in mind, you, you, you got to, these guys are, they're, even though there is NIL, they're not getting paid. <laughs> not like that. Not like the NFL. Um, and they're still learning and getting better. Uh, did, did Casey Kane see his time diminish after that? Yeah, he did. I saw Troy O'Meara uh, come in from him. I did not see Texas go three wides. Uh, and, or, and I saw Tariq Milton make the field uh, for uh, Texas as well there in the final minutes uh, of the game. Um, player of the game. Um, I think that I'm going to go – I'll start it off. I'm going to go with Roshan Johnson, uh, you know, to, to take uh, the words out of Jerry's mouth. Uh, his uh, hard running style, um, you know, just it, it played into that. I think it could be easily given to, to Bijan, uh, not only the, the 100 plus yards rushing, uh, but also the big pass catch to set up the late touchdown in the, at the end of the second quarter. Uh, but reality is uh, Roshan Johnson gave the team a lift and he was the something extra that Texas got. Uh, Bijan, I thought, was the best player. I'm I'm not so sure that that uh, Roshan wasn't the most most valuable player. Uh, Jerry or Rod, who do y'all want to go with? You got it, Jerry. You go first. Yeah, I mean, I, Bobby, I, I got to agree with you on that because it's special teams plays too. It's just toughness. I mean, he, you know, he's a guy who pushes Bijan to be the best he can be. There's no doubt about it. And Bijan doesn't need a lot of push, but if Roshan's in the room with you, you're going to be pushed in some way. Um, and look, again, I have to give it to him because the tough fourth down runs, the special teams play, a leading the team here in the last two minutes. And that when I saw that, when the TV was cutting away, I said, man, I saw it in high school at Port Natchez when he was a quarterback. OK, I even saw it in the Under Armour game and we had him there. First guy in the meeting, last guy to leave. I mean, he's that guy. And so 
he's the guy that in these tight games that you don't have to be the most talented player, but you have to be there to take take the ball and make the biggest plays in crunch time. And that guy will never back away from it. And just think about this. When he rolled that ankle right before that Tuesday, open Tuesday practice, the initial reaction was this guy might be done for the year or half the year because nobody really knew. But then when we were at that Tuesday practice and he was in his uniform, it just spoke to his leadership. And I think he's a bit as big a reason as anybody in the program why it's starting the turn. And, and adding to that, Jerry, first of all, give Jerry some props because last week on the on this very show, you said it's a rojo game. Yeah. You did. You was like, it's a it's a game that feels like a rojo game, man. It's a role. You need leadership. You need a guy that's gonna not be afraid of physicality that I will say wants to play with. You gotta match that. That's gotta match it. So shout out. You did say it was a rojo game. And remember, apparently, and you guys reported as well that the players only meeting was pretty much a rojo talk, pep talk. <laughs> you know, it's Rojo, like letting everybody know, like, hey, man, guys, we got to get it right. Uh, so I, it, it's hard to disagree with you guys. I'll just go with maybe not player of the game, play of the game. Uh, my man, Anthony Cook, uh, who shout out to DB High, Houston Lamar. You got two of them starting that secondary from mm-hmm. Houston Lamar, just by the way, throw that out there. Uh, but I'll give him I'll give him some props, man. This is a guy that I mean, think of, he's been in the transfer portal and came back to Texas at one point because things were so chaotic for him. You know, it was that I, I do think ultimately he went through, and I, I'll just throw this out. This is my this is my theory. This is not something that I have confirmed. This is my theory that coming from Houston Lamar, when he was the higher rated guy over Deshaun Jameson, and having Deshaun Jameson actually perform over him, I was at Houston Lamar with with Jerome Sapp, who was the highest rated safety in the country, higher rated than me. And there is a com- competition between the two. You're best friends. You're still cool, but. You want to, yeah, you want to compete. I want to be on the same level, if not a higher level. And you're happy for them when they when they play well. But I think for him, when he wasn't achieving and Deshaun Jameson was, that was hard for him to deal with psychologically. Moving positions from corner to safety to, to nickel as well. I mean, he's at nickel at one point too. That was tough on him. But what he'll learn, I think now he's realizing that's going to actually make him more attractive to NFL scouts. You know, the fact that he's played all over that secondary, the fact that now that he's a veteran and he can he can you know feel comfortable at corner at safety at nickel. And now he's actually probably having his best season, if not one of his best seasons right now at safety just shows that he can persevere. But also he's a he's a leader uh, in that secondary making plays when they need to be made. So I'll give him a lot of credit, man. DB high. I was very uh, critical. Of all of those guys, uh, but also I'll be very complimentary of him right now, man. Those guys are doing a good job. Um, we were talking earlier about uh, Connor, uh, uh, Hayden Connor, uh, the uh, offensive lineman that went down uh, in the third quarter, or excuse me, in the fourth quarter on that final touchdown. Uh, you know, Jerry, it sounds like he came back in the game. Okay. And uh, Rod, he came back in the game yeah. uh, in the fourth quarter for that final drive. So whatever it was, it probably wasn't uh, too terribly bad for him to be able to do that. Um, because you know, by, by the way, while I think they could slide Neto in there next week and he might be a total butt kicker in the run game, I think it's good to keep the continuity there. If you could play the next two, three games without an offensive line injury and have these guys really gel and play nine, 10 games together. I think, I, I think Neto is going to be a fabulous player at Texas. And if he had to play in a pinch, I think he would do a great job, but I think it's great to keep the continuity. So hopefully it's nothing that keeps Connor out. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it. Uh, Texas five and two. 
uh, you know, you looked at this team preseason. You thought maybe they might make it to five and two. Um, yeah. I predicted seven and four, uh, or seven and five, excuse me, uh, this season. Uh, Jerry, I think you were eight and four. Uh, Rod, I don't, I don't know I that I got your number. I was yeah, an eight. You were yeah. what? I was eight and four. Yeah. Um, what are y'all what are y'all thinking right now? They they would have to go three and two. I've got I would they would go two and three here out. They've got Ohio uh, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, both away, Kansas away, TCU home, and uh Baylor home. Well, I think I I'll start. I think uh i I'm right on there. I'm in the seven and a point five wins right now. I'm sitting on the fence. Um, because you gotta win a road game against a ranked team, bottom line. And that's where your program really turns. And that's why I've had eight wins circled all year. I, I thought the Texas Tech loss was devastating, still do, but they've rebounded, uh, beat Oklahoma. Um, and, and so they've, they've come back from that. Uh, but you got to split one of the next two games. That's the bottom line. You have a week off, so they're not back to back. But you have to split one of the next two games. You have to prove that's your next step as a program, that you can go on the road and win against a ranked opponent. Bottom line. And I almost think it would be better if it's Kansas State in a way. You want to win them all, don't get me wrong. But Kansas State game is going to be much like what you saw today. It's going to be physical, tough game. I mean, I know Rod can speak to this. Rod, they, they went through a blowout loss in the Cotton Bowl and always had to go to K-State or play K-State the week after. And it yep. was such a physical game. And I think that to come back and beat those physical teams and they the year y'all did it on the road i thought held y'all season together I remember because that. that's one of those when you leave and you get on the plane you believe in yourself still yeah. and, and you forget about that loss because you rebound it i think kansas state's a huge game for this program on the road yeah the purple kryptonite as i used to call it man the purple <laughs> kryptonite is going to be big and i totally agree with you my biggest concerns in the next few games period are mobile quarterbacks Yes. That can also hurt you from the pocket. Max Duggan's leading the college football right now in uh, passer rating. Spencer Sanders having his best season ever. Lohan fans remember what he was like as a freshman with that upside. Now he's playing his best football uh, that we've seen him play. And you got Adrian Martinez now who looks like he's playing his best football. So all these guys are playing the best football we've seen them play. Uh, that's my concern defensively for Texas. Offensively, um, whether Quinn Ewers can find a rhythm. Uh, you got to get him in a rhythm early. I, I'm with you guys. I think the running game is going to be the identity of this team going forward. I think Sark knows that now. And I think even against Oklahoma State, like you said, uh, Jerry, they may lead with the running game this time. But if you ain't got Quinn Ewers playing high-level football, you're right. not going to be able to compete for the Big 12 title. That's what you really ultimately want to do. Yeah, I, I think that that the importance of Quinn Ewers – Stepping up and being there is is a real issue. He's only a freshman uh, still. He's now played three and a three and a quarter games or yep. three and a half games essentially. Uh, and so uh, you look at it, and uh, he, this was probably his worst game as a starter. Um, but even so, he left some points on the board. I mean that that pass to Casey Kane could have been a touchdown. Mm -hmm. uh, Which that one? Would, that would have added. Which one? Which one? In the first half into the wind. <laughs> yeah. the, the, not the first one. The first one into the wind was a, a wounded duck. Yeah. The second one that that Kane dropped. Yeah. Uh, yeah, could have been a that would have added sixty yards to his night or to his day. Now the other thing I would say to y'all and ask ask y'all about this, um, I, I still come back to the last lasting memory I'm going to have from Quinn from this game though is fourth and goal from the three. Oh yeah. Um, 
that ball was on Xavier Xavier Worthy's helmet. I mean, it was. I know it's uh, yeah, short, but I mean, nobody else was catching that. Uh, there wasn't no wobble to it. He didn't, you know, zing it ten yards over, or throw it low to where Xavier Worthy had to do anything other than just put his hands up. Um, so all of that said, when the game was on the line, fourth and three, he made the throw. Yeah, it was a simple throw. Uh, also want to uh, give some props out, uh, kind of an unsung player in this game. Jordan Whittington, uh, mm-hmm. had some nice catches early, had his first touchdown of the year, uh, receiving went over and said hi to Bevo afterwards. I thought that was kind of interesting. <laughs> I, I don't know if they're going to, I don't know if I would do that too often, by the way, bang on that <laughs> gate. Um, you know, but, uh, he went and did that. Uh, then he also, uh, picked up Roshan Johnson at the end of the day. That was a big that, that third down. That's a hell of a play. Big play. That, that's, the that's the difference sometimes between winning and losing. Yeah. You want to give you want to give uh, Iowa State the ball back with the the disarray that the secondary was in with a minute left? No right. way. Yeah. No way. Do you want to do that? And so, I feel like uh, as we look at this and uh, talk about Z- or Jordan Whitting, he had one that was a mid range. Uh, Jatavian Sanders had three. Uh, Bijan with four, uh, not only that long t- pass, but also that that third down screen. Uh, and then Xavier Worthy, Worthy leading all receivers for the Longhorns with 72 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, he he turned that guy around twice for both those touchdowns. Wow. Yeah. No, you're right. Hey, Rod, you've been on the receiving. You've been on the, the other end of those. I, yeah, I got to tell you, and I'm with you. And that guy was playing like off coverage too, and he still turned. It's hard to turn a guy around when he's playing off coverage against you, and that's exactly what he did. And you can tell Sark had confidence that he could constantly create separation with those DBs, that they could not cover Xavier Worthy for him to go with that call on fourth down. He knew like, no, they can't cover him. I got I to depend on Quinn to make the throw, and Quinn can make that throw, and he can put it on the money. It's exactly what he did. Yeah, Bobby, Bobby, my lasting memory was three touchdowns, no interceptions. So we've talked about the ups and downs today, but Texas did not have a turnover. Nope. They won the turnover battle against the best defense they are going to face in terms of somebody that just executes. They may not have the best players. They do at certain positions, but they're the best executing defense Texas will play all season. So three touchdowns, no interceptions from Quinn um, against the best defense he's faced this year. We'll take it and move on. No doubt. Yeah. Hey, uh, Matt, Matt Hutchinson, our producer, will you put up the Bijan Robinson stats for running or the rushing yards, please? Not just for Bijan, uh, but for uh, the entire team. I think that I think Bijan's now in the 700 plus uh, category for the for the year. Another 135. I think he was at 630 or so. So he's yeah. probably in the upper 700s now. Uh, still got five uh, regular seasons games remaining he's probably going to get 500 yards or a thousand yards it would look like Roshan was 71 191 uh you, you couldn't have told me that they were going to run for 191 at the end of the first quarter all right yeah. right was it do y'all think it was just more what what changed was it just more power more power runs go ahead Ron. I, I think uh, and I, I think it was more intentional to run the ball, and I think Jerry's right. I think ultimately uh, bringing Rojo in more. I got to go see how much we saw Rojo in the first half compared to the second half. It's not like they want to close more with Rojo in some of those runs, and uh, maybe they did. They focused more on power, uh, but it's definitely something to to try to go look at and chart exactly what they did in the first half compared to the second half because 
Uh, not a lot of negative plays uh, in the second half in the running game. And there are a lot more negative plays early on where Texas ended up behind the chains in the first half compared to the second half. Yeah. I mean, that bizarre pass by <laughs> backwards pass by, by Ewers, um, and he falls on it. He has actually heads up. Uh, he, he fell yeah. on the ball. He could have just let it go, uh, but he stayed his head in the game there. And, uh, at least it turned something bad into something worse. Yeah. Um, and that was a that was another one of those things to, to y'all's point or to Jerry's point, no turnovers. Right. Um, you win tight games by not turning the ball over. Uh end of the day, Iowa State turned it over twice. Uh Texas wins 24 to 21. Uh all right. I'm talking with Rod Babers uh of 1049 the Horn. Also joins us every post game here, and Jerry Hamilton of InsideTexas.com. Uh, national football uh, recruiting reporter, as well as Inside Texas uh, recruiting reporter as well. Um, please do us a favor and hit the like button. Uh, we are currently, I believe, at 9,700 subscribers or so to this YouTube channel. Uh, we want to try to get to 10,000 uh, by the end of this week. So there's a, oh, six, 700 of you guys on here right now. Please do us a favor uh, and uh, uh, click that uh, sub the subscribe button. Uh, we really appreciate it. We we all do. Uh, this is a, a, a labor of love for all of us. Uh, Rod, uh, you're looking out uh, at this game. Uh, what are what's going to be your lasting memory of it? Uh, that's a good question. My lasting memory of this game will probably be um, put some Bijan on it. Right. It seemed <laughs> like when the game was to me when it was something that was in question. It was some uncertainty there. He's kind of leaned on Bijan. And Bijan, at one point during the game, guys, go watch this. I'm sure I, you guys might have saw it. And I believe it's the early on first drive of the second half Texas has. He does the Ezekiel Elliott feed me. Yes. Uh, yes. Body, you see that? They did the little feed me hand sign. And I thought to myself, Bijan is the most modest, humble guy. Great point. He's so humble. He's so modest. I mean, if anybody ever met him, you're almost shot. My, my wife just met him the other day um, because she saw him on an elevator. Um, he was actually at some event. They were, at, they were at the, oh, Harry Styles concert. That was actually a while ago, but Harry Styles, she saw him on an elevator. And she was like, Bijan, he was like, and he stopped the elevator and was like, hey, how you doing? You know what I mean? Like, oh, stop the door from closing. Like, he was, he's like, hey, how you doing? And she was like, oh, he's amazing. And everybody who's had Bijan has got that kind of story. And for that guy on the field, in a close game where he has a, I mean, if that was a nine yard run, if I'm not mistaken, that probably should have gotten a, a loss at that point for him to give the Zeke feed me. And then Sark gave it right back to him. Yeah. I'm not sure if Sark told him in the locker room, I'm going to feed you get ready for it. I'm a, and maybe they did it together right there in the locker room. I'm not sure. Or, or if he was telling Sark, man, I need you to feed me. I love that. Because everybody knows Bijan's humility is there, and he's he's a humble guy, but he's the best damn running back in the country, and he does special things all the time. I do want to see him take over games like that. I do, and in, in, in the next run after the feed me, go back and watch it. He he makes he breaks another run, and then he gives a gives like yeah. the strong man, like the kind of the strong man muscles uh, little stands there. And I I thought to myself, damn man, Bijan is feeling it. If if they have pissed off Bijan, then God thing. help them all. Like you maybe, know, maybe like, the Texas Tech, maybe the Texas Tech fumble pissed him off because he is, but he's 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 getting he's got a little more, like you said, just a little bit more to him since. And by the way, two big scores here because some of the people I know we're not watching, 
Oklahoma State 17, TCU 7, 13 minutes ago in the second quarter. So Oklahoma State scoring on TCU. Tennessee 21, Alabama 7 in the first quarter still. Ooh. Man coverage. Man coverage. Is Bryce Young playing? He was supposed to start. I think he started the game, yeah. Okay. Yep. Hey, uh, yeah, yes, they yes. Couldn't, they couldn't throw it downfield against Texas. Though. They, they haven't no. been able to throw it downfield all year long. It's weird. They don't have the receivers. No. Yeah. They don't They don't have the receivers they once did. Hey, uh, Rod, question for you. Uh, I think everybody that, that was watching the game felt like the secondary had a bad game Yeah, uh, for the Longhorns. Part of that has to be Ryan Watts going out. No question. So how do they pick up the pieces in this off week? Uh, and and go go forward to uh, Oklahoma State. Yeah, I would say I was not that. <laughs> I did not think they were that dependent uh, defensively on Ryan Watts' ability as a boundary corner to play bump and run and reroute their receiver and take them out of the passing game. So I got. I'm gonna go back and actually watch a lot more games and <laughs> see exactly how dependent they are on that because their main principles were pretty much exposed when they couldn't cancel out that boundary corner receiver whoever that guy was and hell there was one play where Deshaun Jameson was off sides trying to play bump and run coverage he was so you know <laughs> it was so it, it was so foreign to him it was something he wasn't unaccustomed to because he's the he's the field side corner usually playing off with his eyes on the quarterback and when they put in Austin Jordan they put in Terrence Brooks both of those guys by the way exposed versus an NFL wide receiver in Xavier Hutchinson but I was shocked guys that they didn't they didn't decide even before the game to either shade coverage towards Xavier Hutchinson force Iowa State to beat you with some other players, or they just didn't double them straight up and go, you know what? You can beat us with the other players you got, but you're not going to beat us with the one guy that's leading the country, uh, one of the leaders in country uh, in receiving yards and receptions. You're not doing that. They didn't. They never really did it. I never saw them shade coverage or double Xavier Hutchinson. They thought our guys can beat their guys. They were wrong. They were wrong about that, and Iowa State pretty much proved them wrong all game long. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, 24-21, uh, Texas defeats Iowa State. Uh, some uh, takeaways from this game for me. Uh, first of all, the turnovers. Uh, Jalen Ford's interception, uh, <laughs> you know, that turned the game around. Texas was looking to go down by two scores. Instead, Texas ends up driving the field uh, and scoring on that uh, immediate possession, tying it up, and then actually going ahead before half by another TD. Uh, so that those those turnovers, uh, Anthony Cook's uh, uh, pounding hit, uh, not a target, by the way, of uh, mm-hmm. uh, Hunter Decker's uh, <laughs> big play also as well. Uh, that's going to be a piece. Qu- Quinn Ewers' first eh, game, you know, but he didn't get you beat. That's right. It wasn't a, it wasn't a great game, but he didn't get you beat. Um, one pick and you, you get beat, maybe. I yep. mean, just. Just think of that, especially an ill-timed one. Uh, and then to y'all's point, uh, B. John Robinson uh, and uh, Roshan Johnson, that duo, how they put it together uh, and really led Texas. We talked about it. 72 of the 75 yards on the game-winning drive came to, to one of those two, hmm. period. Uh, that's 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 dancing with who brung you, right? Yeah. Uh, like for, for, a, for a Texas <laughs> term, uh, a no, terminology. Um uh, Rod, uh, Jerry, going to give you all one last chance to to really um, say whatever you want to say here. Free form, uh, go for it. And I'll, I'll I'll start with you, Jerry. Five and two, um, five and two. At the end of the day, 
And I've had eight and four, eight wins circled all season because I really believe if Steve Sarkeesian gets the eight wins, that's a three-win turnaround from last year. It's hard for any naysayers, national, negative recruiting, whatever, to really come at somebody in a staff if they show they're turning around and they're ascending. Uh, so from here on out, uh, Oklahoma State's going to be a tough game next week, man. Texas, and I'm not saying they're going to lose because that's why you play the games, but Texas needs to win at Kansas State. They need to win a game on the road like they just won today. And I think they can do it. And I think one of, win one of those two next one of those next two road games shows a true turnaround in year two for Steve Sarkeesian and sets up a strong finish because then you get TCU at home, who has defensive issues, but they can score. Anybody thinks uh, Xavier Hutchinson's really good? Wait until Quentin Johnson's running down the field, though. That's a different level cap now. That's a first round talent. Yep. He's um, and then you have Baylor, who I think we'll see how good they are after that, right? And then Kansas on the road. But win one of those next two on the road. If you're sitting at six and three after when you're getting on the plane leaving Manhattan, you're going to go eight and four this year. And that's all you can ask for in year two, as young a team as this is. Rod, what do you yeah. think? Last, um, final thoughts. I like that this is a it, it's pretty obvious now. This is a different team than last year. They got they got their own struggles, they got problems, they got things they got to fix, they got issues, but it's a different team than last year because they they don't win this game last year. Last year they found a way to lose this game. Um, but they found a way to win, showed a lot of testicular fortitude, as I like to call it, right? Late in the game, they find a way to win it, find a way to make plays, win that ugly game. Alabama's been winning ugly for the last couple of weeks. Hell, Alabama, <laughs> they're not doing it right now, but if you, you can't win ugly every week because it will catch up to you. That's the lesson Alabama teaching right now. But you, every now and then, you got to win ugly. And you're talking about the most competitive conference right now in all of college football, in my opinion, in the Big 12. So winning week to week, fixing your problems with a, with a W in the bag is always better than not. But this is what I'll get to about Oklahoma State and about K-State and, man, all the you can TCU and Max Duggan. I think Texas has to figure out a way to solve the dual-threat quarterback problem. It is something that existed early on, and they saw a lot of it with Frank Harris. They saw a lot of Bryce Young can move around and made some plays with his legs. Uh, we saw Donovan Smith move around, make some plays with his legs. I think if you're looking at what could come back to hunt Texas in those games defensively, I'm a defensive guy. Sorry, guys, who I'm focused on. That's it. I think Texas can win shootouts. I, if Oklahoma State ends up being a shootout, TCU ends up being a shootout, I think Texas has a shot to win those. But if you want to be able to win with complimentary football, which Sark says he wants to do defensively, that's the issue. That's the issue that's going to win or lose Texas games in the next three to four weeks will be how to deal with Adrian Martinez, Spencer Sanders, and Max Duggan. And all those guys can run. Hell, Blake Shapin can run. You know what I mean? A little bit. Again, I don't think they design a run game around it, but there are those guys. That is the one thing that no defensive coordinator really can have a confirmed uh, game plan for a, a really successful game plan for is a guy that can, when the play breaks down and when the fit hits the shan, that guy can just go out there and run and keep the chains moving. And if you're, if you're talking right now, if you're dealing with that and you're, listen, I know one guy who knows it, right? We know that uh, if you're looking at, Gary Patterson, he knows Max Duggan really well, so he can come up with a game plan for you. You've seen Spencer Sanders for, what, four years now. So you should really be able to have a great game plan for him too. Uh, for me, that's the great equalizer in the next couple of games. Yeah, I, I tell you what, uh, it's it's going to be interesting to, to uh, follow it uh, this coming week. Uh, we'll have uh, Justin Wells on tomorrow for Rapid Reactions. Uh, we have plenty of coverage on InsideTexas.com. 
right now. Please follow us more uh, there. Uh, if you have a subscription, please do so. Also, please subscribe to this channel. Uh, it would be very helpful for us uh, and uh, get it uh, get us up over the 10,000 mark. We would appreciate it. By the All way, right. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State's about to punch it in again and go up 24-7. Spencer mm. Sanders, man. Yeah. The problem. That's going to be right. a confident team next week. Exactly. And and a good defense. Hey, game day coming? We'll get game day. Will Texas? Will get game day there? I bet that happens if if Oak State since Texas won and Oak State wins at TCU. I bet that happens. Oh boy! All right, <laughs> all right. Hey, for Rod Babers, I'm Bobby Burton, and I for Rod Babers and Jerry Hamilton. I'm Bobby Burton. This has been the Inside Texas Post Game Show. Uh, thank you all for watching. Have a good one, guys.